Uh, thank you, Jeff. Great to be here. So with our, with our teaching, so we capped off last week a series called The Call, and that was to look at and examine the implications of Jesus' call to come follow, which is really God's call to come follow, come and have an intimate relationship with me. And we ended that with, which is what I would call the epitome of Jesus' teaching, which is what's called the royal law, love your neighbor as yourself. And it's Jesus' command to us to do that. And so it's that and also loving God with everything within us. That, so that was that series that we capped off last week. But this week, I just want to tap onto that. Next week, we have Christine speaking, which will be, so you want to be tuned in for that for sure. Um, so this is just an add-on. You call it an addendum to our, our series. And I want to begin with... Um, if you've ever had the opportunity to travel to a different part of our world, then you've experienced what it's like to go into a different culture and see people, communities, f functioning different, you know, different language, different food, different customs, different things. And it's, it's, it's quite the experience. If you, and if you've never had it, I hope at some point you're able to do that. And it's very informative to see how other people live in the world. Now, if you want to become part of that culture, then it requires something else. It's, it takes more than just going for a couple of weeks, because going for a couple of weeks, you're more of an observer, you're being informed, but you don't become part of that culture. And to become part of it, you actually need to move in with the people, right? It's, I have to literally unpack my bags, not just unpack the actual bags of furniture, I have to unpack it up here. I have to move in with that culture and have that culture become my culture. It's submersing, submersing myself in, into that. Because you don't learn it by simply reading a book. You can read a book and it'll inform you. Not the same thing though. <laughs> you have to live there. You can go on the internet, check out Wikipedia, YouTubes, whatever, and you can become informed and probably very well informed, but you don't become part of that culture and that culture doesn't become part of you. It takes much more than that. Christians are those who have, for all intents and purposes, they have left their culture, you know, their way of doing life, their way of thinking, and they are now submersing themselves in the, the, the Jesus way. You could call it the culture of Jesus, but it's really the Jesus way of doing life. Because you see, everything Christians do, so in our faith community, in our what we call our churches, we sing, we pray, we teach, we do life together, uh, we do ministry out in the community. Everything we do, the goal is to be shaped. We want to be shaped we want our minds reshaped into thinking like Jesus does. That's our desire. It's why we, the songs we were singing today, it's we want Jesus to shape our minds because we want that intimate relationship with Jesus. Because, you know, Jesus didn't come to the world just to, you know, inform us about him and introduce us to the Father only. Jesus wanted us to have real life, embrace it, to experience it. And Jesus was going to, is, does 
take us to the Father, introduces us to God as Father. That was the mission to rescue us from our, from our thinking, from the way, just the brokenness we have, right? Because our, you know, our relationship with God has been, was fractured. And God's desire is to have us come to him. You know, we're wired for that. So it's a real life Jesus wants you to have, wants me to have. However, when you make that decision to follow Jesus, Jesus brings you to a fork in the road of your life, right? Where you can go your own way. I can go my way, my way of thinking, my way of seeing the world. Or Jesus calls us, come follow me. And it's a different way, right? It's, it's the way to real life. What you can't do though, is you can't have one foot in one road and one foot in the other road, <laughs> right? It's this, you go this way and here's the thing, it's not necessarily easy, and we'll get more to that, but the call is to come and follow. But the question I really need to consider, to give serious consideration to, and I would say you have to as well, is this question here. How hungry am I to become more like Jesus Loving God, loving all other people in the same way that he did, in the same way that he commands us to. And the key phrase there I just want to drive home is how hungry are you for that? That desire, that passion for that. It's a good question to think about. Because depending on the hunger that I have, that will determine to what lengths I will go to to follow to having my mind transformed. It's that driver, that passion that determines that. And if I want it, here's the thing, and this isn't me saying this, although it is me, but I'm just confirming what Jesus said. It's going to cost. It's hard. The grooves that have been put into my way of thinking they're deep grooves. And to change that, that transformation, that takes God working in me. But that also takes some intentionality on my part as well. Not easy. Not easy. It's, it's hard. But Jesus calls us to come and embrace his way of new life. The struggle for me is, and I'm being honest here, I want to have the Jesus way. But did you know there's a part of me that also wants to put my foot on the other? I want, still want the culture, what I know, because I'm comfortable there. And so it's like I want both. And just so you know, if you're thinking about that's the way to do it, it's no, it doesn't work that way, right? Jesus calls us to embrace his way. Um, to straddle the two roads, it just won't happen. Now, as I said last week, the, uh, what I would call the epitome or the summit for the revolutionized life that Jesus calls us into is what the early church knew as the royal law. Love your neighbor as yourself. And why I say that's the summit is because Jesus emphasizes that in the Gospels. The early church not only modeled it, they lived it. Paul and James refers to this as the royal law. The early church understood it. It was this thing that, was, that God was calling them to and calls us to. Now, 
the challenge about when I talk about following the Jesus way and comparing it to a culture, that's not a great analogy because a culture I can move to and Jesus is in a place you can move to. We still live in this world trying to embrace the Jesus way, the culture of Jesus. And that's challenging at the best of times. Because it's not just about learning about Jesus. You can learn about Jesus. And it's not just learning the customs of Jesus. You can do that. But it's more than that. It's, it's about my thinking being transformed. The way I see the world. My actions. How I live my life. That is the transformation that Jesus brings. It's having the mindset of Jesus. And that doesn't come easy. <laughs> And maybe it does for others, but for me, not so much. And what Jesus is after is to reshape my heart to love, to really love. Whenever Jesus and I have a conversation about this, and I I ask Jesus, you know, this is, it's easy words to read. Sometimes it's so hard to live out. But I just hear Jesus saying, but you, you do know you're wired this way. Every human being is wired this way. I'm calling you to live in this way, to walk in this way. And so I I know it's this thing here. It's this here (laughs) needs transformation, right? And I'm getting there, a long way to go, but I'm getting there. And, And that's the beauty of it, right? But to do all that, I have to let Jesus move into my life. Actually, really, you know what I compare it to? I actually got to sign my, the deed to my house over to Jesus. <laughs> Here, it's yours. You have it. You can come in, rearrange anything you want, because I want this new life with you. That's what I want. And it's that costly. It's like that. Because if I hold on to it, I'm going to want control. And Jesus calls me to give up that control, right? To trust him. And Jesus can be trusted. That's the beauty of it. Jesus can be trusted. And so Jesus calls me to walk like he does. Jesus calls me to see people the way he does, to think like he does, and to come to his Father, our Father, as he does. And like I said, it can sound simple sometimes, but it's not easy. Not at all, right? The transformation of my mind isn't like trying to break a bad habit. <laughs> Actually, bad habits are a lot easier to break sometimes. Sometimes. The transformation of the mind is, is look, it's hard work. And it's not because the work itself is hard. It's because trying to shift how I see things, that becomes a challenge. That becomes a challenge. So don't let anybody tell you differently. Um, an illustration to, to try and make this more simple. When I, 13 years ago, when I decided I wanted to steward my health better, because I knew where things <laughs> were going for me physically, I remember I was, I was in this, uh, I went to this seminar, so to speak, about this workout program. And uh, the person in there said, they gave some wise advice that I so appreciate today. And what they said was, you build strength in the gym and you lose weight in the kitchen. And they said it takes both. It's not just working out. It's also what you put in your mouth. And uh, they said, 
forget about the gadgets and gadgets that are out there. Forget about you know any pills or drinks or special diets. They said it's not that. It's work. It's committing. It's being disciplined, and it's just showing up all the time. There's no shortcuts. They said, <laughs> no shortcuts. I can say now, 13 years later, yeah, they're right. <laughs> there is no shortcuts. It's hard work. However, the benefits far outweigh, far outweigh any effort. Far outweigh. And that's the beauty of it. And here's the thing too. You won't find, I, in fact, I challenge you right now. I haven't found yet anywhere in the Gospels or anywhere in any of the letters in the New Testament where following is easy. That you're on easy street. That there's a shortcut. That there's uh, three easy steps and you're there. Nowhere. In fact, Jesus says in John 16, 33, the very last verse of that chapter, Jesus says, in this world, <laughs> you're going to have trouble. He doesn't say you might. He says you will. But he says, but be of good cheer or take comfort because I have overcome the world. And see, and that's where the challenge is. That's why it's hard. It's not what Jesus puts on us as hard because Jesus puts a light burden. He says, take my yoke because it's easy. It's the world that, that we live in. It's hard. But Jesus says, I have overcome that. I mentioned that the writers don't indicate that it's easy. Peter is one of them. Now, there's two letters in the New Testament attributed to Peter called 1 Peter and 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, and he says there in verse 5, he says, in view of all this, in other words, pursuing God, make every effort to respond to God's promises. And he says, supplement your faith. And we all know what supplements are, right? That's a big marketing thing, right? in the food industry, but supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And then he says, add to that knowledge and add to that self-control. That's hard. That's the hard work, self-control. Add to that patient endurance. Add to that godliness. Add to that brotherly affection. And add to that love for everyone. The epitome, again, that royal law, the epitome of, of the good news of the Christian faith, right? And then he says this, following, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop, and developing takes work, by the way, <laughs> For those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard. <laughs> we don't like those words, do we? But work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Peter's being straight up with us. Work hard. Some practical advice is found actually in the Old Testament of how to walk this out. In Deuteronomy, no less. And in Deuteronomy, and this is for the Hebrew people who are going to be going into the promised land. 
And the Lord speaks through Moses these words here. And at the beginning, before uh, these words here, it starts out with the great commandment that Jesus calls us to. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves, here we go, wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again. Repetition does something, right? Creates a new groove. To your children, talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're bike riding, whatever you're doing. That's the whole point here, right? Whenever you're getting up, tie them on your hands, wear them on your forehead as reminders, not literally for us, okay? That was a culture back then. Um, write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. That was the whole thing of making that effort to follow to embrace the Jesus way, to embrace the way that God has wired us to live, right? To trust God and to lean into it. Common sense stuff teaching right from Deuteronomy. Brilliant, right? It's a workout program is what you got there, right? Has some things to be committed to doing. It's what the early church did. They remember in Acts 2, the early church, they devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching, which would have been Jesus' commands, which would have been the royal law. They committed to that. They committed to uh, fellowship together. They committed to the common meal, and they committed to prayer. It was a workout program. We are going to commit to this. We are going to show up, and we are going to work those muscles, right? It's It's them putting that effort in, right? For me, what are some things I have put in, especially in this year in COVID that have become very, very helpful for me. Every morning at five o'clock, <laughs> I, I'm an early bird. Every morning at five o'clock, I do what's called the daily examine. I look over my previous day with Jesus. We just go over it, looking at various things. This morning it was, did I respond yesterday in a spiritually free or spiritually unfree in different things that I encountered yesterday? And Jesus and I, we go through my day and it's just, I have the, the Spirit speaking to me, and it's just, it just helps me to see, you know, where maybe, what was I tripped up with yesterday, or what things were just, like, awesome. And uh, I do that every day. Well, another thing that is pivotal for me is my home church. That has become, those people have become my dear friends, and we do life together. I so look forward to that every Wednesday evening. And nothing can get in the way of that. And uh, I've just put that in place. Another thing for me is my journaling that I do. And it's my prayers, written out prayers to Jesus and Jesus' words to me. It's just something I do. It's a groove I have set. Um, One of the other things I do is I probably, most days, I pray the prayer of St. Francis. That for me is, is pivotal in my developing Because it's a prayer of saying, Lord, help me to be this type of a person in all my encounters today. So those are some of the things I've put in place. And I I think there's this slow change that's taking place in my mind and in my heart. It's doing the Deuteronomy 6 thing, right? Putting those things in place. (sighs) It's fun work. Okay, this is, it's good work. 
Paul not only instructed the churches to follow hard after Jesus, the beauty of Paul is that he shared his tough times he went through and he shared how he pursued Jesus and he was very open and, and very authentic. Read 2 Corinthians, his second letter there, and it's just, you see the, the, the challenges he went through, but in those challenges, how God used that to develop him and help him. And Paul was just this, he was this guy who was so in love with Jesus, hungered, hungered. That's why his, some of his letters come across as, you're fairly strong, Paul. No, Paul is actually, he's pleading with the people. He's calling them up to this. He wants to take them up to the full measure of Christ, which is loving God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Paul is desiring, right? What Paul wants. And he longed for people to grow in the Jesus way. In his letter to the Philippians, the church in Philippi, he had these words he said to them. And he says, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important Here again, those two words, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Just pause right there for a second. So this thing of working hard has nothing to do with salvation. Working hard has everything to show the results of it, but also to pursue this deep and intimate relationship with Father God, with Jesus, and and to have a life that's filled with the Spirit. That's why we work hard, because we want heaven on earth now. And it's supposed to be now. Have it now. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. We have a saying, (laughs) we have a lot of sayings in the vineyard. One of the sayings we have is this, look for where God is working and join him. And we talk about that to do with when we go out to do a food giveaway, look for where God is working. Uh, Maybe you see the Holy Spirit moving on somebody, join God in that as you pray. Uh, Maybe it's praying for healing for someone. Um, Could be during ministry time when you're praying for others, to pray with eyes open and see if, if you notice things and to see where God is working in that and join God in it, right? That's the whole thing. If you're wondering where God is working and you haven't seen God working, here's where you can start. Tomorrow morning, when you get up and you look in the bathroom mirror, that person staring back at you, God is working there. Okay, God is working there. This whole thing of joining God where God is working is called an act of faith. You see God there, you move in that direction and you join God in that work. God is at work in you. God is at work in me. And God wants me to join him because that is an act of faith. If I believe God is working in me, then I am going to lean in and I'm going to 
I want this. I am hungry for this. My prayer has been in the last couple decades anyway, Lord, I want, I want to become more like you. Teach me what it means to be this disciple. And I'm leaning in. I want to break from these grooves that culture has carved in. And I want this new, these new grooves. And they're coming. <laughs> I'm just, I'm a slow learner. And God's a patient God, thank goodness. God's working in you guys. Join him in this work. God's desire is to reshape your heart to love well. For us as a faith community, we want to be people that are known as lovers of Jesus. People that love our neighbors as we love ourselves. That's what we long for. Let me pray for you right now. And again, oh, here's something I just want to share with you that I just sensed I received. I wouldn't call it a word. I would just call it something that floated into my mind. The songs we sing about God, would you move on us or whatever. eh? We're calling God, move on us. Let your spirit move on us, fall on us, right? I had this sense. I got to talk to God about this more. But I just had this sense of God saying, "You, you do know I pray this for you as well. That you would pour your life out at me, that you would give your love to me, that you would, the same thing, the same thing you want from me, I want from you, Scott. Same thing. I think that makes sense. I really do. Pour out on him, right? To, To give our praise to him. So let me pray. And we'll just invite the Holy Spirit to come. And I just, Father, I just ask right now, I thank you that, Lord, you didn't just You didn't come for us to be informed, for us to learn, for us to get degrees. That's not why you came. Lord, you came to give us life. Because you have life. You're the creator of all life. Of course you know the way. And so Jesus, we just come before you as your children. And we say, Lord, we trust you. Lord, we pray for transformation. Lord, we thank you for your patience as our minds and hearts are transformed Lord, we know we are created in your image and we are wired to serve you and to have intimate relationship with you. And so, Father, we just ask, Lord, would you come? I pray for the people who are listening right now, for those who are watching, I pray for, I pray for the churches throughout Cambridge, Lord. Father God, may we be people who are passionate lovers of you. And Lord, that we, we pursue this with every cell in our bodies, Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our energy. Because Father, there's no greater pursuit in the world than this for us. And Lord, I know for myself, when I come to the end, when my body says it's done here on earth, it's finished. I want to know, Lord, that I've given everything to pursue you. I've given it my all. I don't want to be a couch potato. (laughs) I just don't. I want to give it my all. And so, Father, I pray for all of us, Lord. We thank you that you're working in our lives. Lord, we will join you. We will come and join you. So thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.